It doesn't matter who we are. We each have our own particular fear, if you will, with money. And in this episode, Dana Malstaff shares with you how this one Tuesday morning ritual not only shifted the money conversations, but helped her make better decisions. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the preferred podcast by many women across the globe to help you take control of your finances. Join me, Jen Hempel, a motivational money coach and your host each week as I share with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's do it. Hello and welcome. I'm excited to have you here for yet another episode of this podcast. I really appreciate you tuning in. As you know, or if you don't know if this is your first time listening, it means the world to me that you are tuning in to this podcast, giving the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of choices out there. Today, I've got yet another fabulous guest for you. And if you've been listening for a while, you notice I've just primarily been uh, sharing with you some interviews and I have, and I have not done a solo episode in a while, which I will be doing. I just have so many fantastic guests that I feel like I have to share them with you right away. I don't want to make you wait, but don't worry. I will be doing an episode in the near future. Now, with today's guest, she is such a fabulous person. And just even thinking of her at this moment while I'm recording this is she just makes me smile. She's has, and you'll see, you'll feel the energy, you'll feel, if you're feeling down, this just even hearing her speak will change your mood. Like that is the magic of our guest today. And in today's episode, you're going to learn why she feels money is not ever the goal to have, but what it is instead, and how she maximizes gift cards and gas points. You'll learn what her Tuesday morning ritual is and the happy hour rituals are with her husband and the impact it has had on her. You'll also learn how understanding how your partner likes to feel valued makes it easier to talk money. So let me share with you a little bit about Dana Malstaff. Dana is an author a mother, business and content strategist, coach, podcaster, and a blind spot reducer. Dana is author of Bossman, The Ultimate Guide to Raising a Business and Nurturing Your Family Like a Pro, and Confessions of a Boss Mom and the founder of the Boss Mom Movement. She serves boss moms who yearn for more time and less guilt when it comes to building their business and raising their family by providing the tools they need to get more out of their content and business without sacrificing their family goals. Again, she is a fantastic person. I can't express that enough. You'll absolutely love her. So I won't talk anymore and let's go ahead and get to the interview. Welcome, Dana Malstuff, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm excited to talk to you today. I am so pumped. You, I've been on calls all day, and you are a lovely, 
uh, departure from my normal day today. <laughs> well, so I'm you. glad to hear that. Well, let's hope that in the course of this conversation, you'll continue to think like that. <laughs> it, I'm not making it hard. I promise you. <laughs> oh, but, I'm a journalism major. I like I like hard questions. Oh my goodness. Well, I am trying to improve my interview skills, so you'll have to let me know how I did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today really it's focused on you and getting to know you, how you grew up around money. So tell us a little bit about how you grew up around money, what you heard, what you experienced, what you saw. Yeah. Um, gosh, that's so interesting. I think I grew up in, my dad has owned an auto body shop since I was born, uh, my real dad. And he, uh, so I've always seen him run a business. Uh, and the ups and downs and this how seasons play a factor and how economy plays a factor and competition and all of these different things. It's so interesting. So I got to see really early on from a money perspective um, how all how everything in our environment impacts us and the money we make and the money we spend and the value of our money. Um, so just right off the bat, that was really uh, an interesting sort of realization for me. And then my mom ha was a uh, a registered nurse for a long time. So she's she's been a nurse forever, but when I was growing up, she when my parents separated, we traveled a lot. So we would live uh for a very limited time in different places and I I remember it you know money was this was never my mom was never the person that was like seeking money. My mom was a very experiential person. I think I got that from her. And so it was like what's our next adventure? Like, and what do we need to have that adventure? So money was never this thing that we held or, or hoarded, or it was a, it was a way that we could, uh, a conduit with which we could get the things that we wanted. And so we had to be really clear on what we wanted. And we would sit down and decide like, what do we want to do next? Where do we want to go? And I remember, um, when her and my stepdad, who were high school sweethearts, got together again, um, they got reconnected at an old friend's wedding and they've been now married for almost 30 years. Uh, but they, he came to live with us in LA and we put all put a different state that we liked in a hat and we pulled out Virginia and and we said, all right, let's move from L.A. to Virginia. Let's do it. And it, and wow. basically the, the money talk was, what do we need to get there? You know what I mean? It's a, so it was never this like I need all of this money and this like I honestly <laughs> this is probably to a detriment, which is why I really love my husband being a finance guy is we didn't really have the conversations when I was a kid about what are you saving? What do you like? What do we, what's our retirement? What's our, those kinds of things. We didn't have that talk. My relationship with money wasn't about planning for the future. My relationship with money was how can we really live today to the fullest? Like, what do we need? What's the minimum we need to do that? I have a very, I feel like I come from a very minimalist bohemian sort of family. And that was our relationship was money was a conduit to help us live fully in whatever capacity that means for us and to engage fully. Um, and I, not until later in life did it really come to the, all right, now how am I saving for my kids? And we have a 529. You know, I married, married mm -hmm. the finance guy who brought me into the future, but my family relationship with money was very much in the now. That's neat. And But one thing you mentioned, you you grew up as far as in the now, like what do you do to get now? But one thing you also mentioned was the key question that I think we should all ask when we are trying to solve a money problem, what do we need to do to get there? What do we need to yeah. do to instead of, oh my gosh, we don't have any money. Oh my gosh, we can't do this. And I always, when I work with clients, it's, it's not about what you can't do. It's about figuring out what you can do with what you have. And so even though 
you married, you know, your husband brought you into the world of, okay, the retirement and the savings and all that stuff. I think the, the great part is that you knew the questions to ask versus the limiting things, limiting, limiting yourself. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting. You mentioned that because I feel like, uh, I'm an all in kind of person. It's a hundred percent if I'm doing something. So I was never able to be the person that had a corporate job and then had a side hustle. So when we wanted to take a vacation, it was like, well, we don't make enough money or we want to save this thing and we don't make enough money. I felt very powerless in my job because I couldn't make more there, right? There was no Mm. more opportunity, but I didn't know how to, I'm a very focused person. So I didn't know how to be a hundred percent focused on that and then start something else like an MLM or a side business or whatever that is. So I knew I had to be an entrepreneur because if I wanted the power over being able to answer that question in a dynamic way of, oh, well, I can just do these things or create this new thing or hire these new people or whatever it was in order to have that power for me, I had to own my own business because I don't know how to do multiple things at once. Like I do multiple projects within my business at once, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how to focus on more than one true life priority. And so- Yeah. And so that's why I knew I was like, well, yeah, I don't if I want to be able to control the answer to that question of how are we going to make get the money for this? uh, It had it had to become my thing. I love that. And what would you say is the best money advice that you received? Oh, gosh, (laughs) that's such a good question. Um, I think the best money advice I've ever received is that uh, money is not the goal. It's the outcome. Mm. And I say that all the time. I say that all the time. And I use the equation of or the similarity of weight to like people go, oh, I need to lose 10 pounds. And you go, well, that's not that's not the goal. That's the outcome. What you need to do is eat more fruit and hydrate better and work out like Mm -hmm. those are the goals. And they will give you a weight difference. Right. Same thing with money. Like when you people will tell you, they're like, I don't understand. This person doesn't even care about money. They already make a ton of money. And then their business is like totally thriving. And you're like, that's because the thing they're focusing on isn't the money. They're focusing on the things that will give them the outcome of money. And so the best piece of advice that I've gotten is I just don't think of it that way. Like I I don't think of it as, oh, I've got to get more money so I can get this thing. When I say, what do we have to do so that we can afford this? It's not, I don't sit down and say, well, I'm going to make this thing or I'm going to do this thing or I'm going to connect with these people to give me more money. It's like, there's always got to be a broader thing going on so that the money becomes the outcome and not the goal. And that's, that's been huge for me. But I think one other little piece that I've gotten is, is that money is just a, is just a form of bartering. Mm -hmm. Like money is not the thing. Money is just a way it's literally just a, a form of currency that we created to unite us in an understanding of the value of something. And so we think about money as this like massive thing, but I think of it as one way to get the things that we want. And so when I stop giving it like the ultimate power, it becomes so much easier to manage it, to handle it, to hang out with it, to not cry when I don't have it, to cry when I do have it and I don't know what to do with it, to cry when people take it away from me, to cry when my husband asks me questions about it. (laughs) Like I just feel less attached to it. It feels less vulnerable, less personal when I stop giving it the power that I think a lot of us give it. I love that. And then you you mentioned money is a form of bartering, which yes, if you look back into history of money, it was created for... (laughs) for that uh, to for as an exchange as as you mentioned i absolutely love this you're 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 coach uh, mom entrepreneurs and business 
But you could you could do good as a money coach, Dana. Oh gosh, I, I, I can I, tell you. No, I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm a, here's the problem. I could never be a money coach because I am a believer that you just get more money. That's that's my husband. That is my. Yeah, uh, like, that is a, my like there hus- is no. Yeah, there's no finite number for me. That's like, oh, we have to save this much and do this much. I, I mean, I tell my husband, I was like, well, we'll just make more money, or we'll just do this thing, or we'll sell this and we'll buy this and we'll. Like to me, it's just this like continual exchange mm-hmm. and and we're continuing exchange. I mean, that's literally what economy is. Like if everybody just saved their money, we would have no economy. Exactly. So we're like, we have to spend money. It's part of what makes this world run and Absolutely. saving, but you don't save everything. Like, so I'm a terrible finance person because I stopped letting money have the power. But that also means that in some ways my husband's like, no, no, we need to add to our 401k for this and this and this. And we need to spend over here, but we need to save over here. And this is how we make our money like work for us and move longer and do all these things. And I, I just don't care about it the way mm-hmm. he does. And that's why I would never be able to coach people on money. Because well, I'd be like, saying on the mindset part, I mean, just those things that you just spoke about were, were powerful. So that's why I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> I love that. So give yourself more credit, I say. Oh, <laughs> And what do you say you do well with money? Speaking of your husband saying, oh, we need to put more in the 401k. But I'm sure, you know, there's definitely some things that you do well with money. I think making my money work for me mm-hmm. and stretching my money, like like accentuating the value of my money. So I don't think a dollar equals a dollar. I think that depending on what you spend that dollar on, it equals more than a dollar. So I think one thing I'm good at is seeing how I can extend the value of my money, whether it's through some like a person that I'm working with or doing something with. Uh, But like one of the fun examples that's totally not work related at all is we are crazy people when it comes to gift cards. Mm -hmm. So and gas points, gift cards and gas points. We like maximize it like crazy people. So if we go, hey, we want to go out to, you know, P.F. Chang's and have dinner. We go to the grocery store and you buy for however much we think dinner is going to be a gift card so that not only do I get the points on my credit card that helps me travel, I get the points that gives me free grass at the grocery store. And, and now I've just used the gift card at, at the restaurant. So instead of just going out to dinner, I just made money by going out to dinner. So I spent my dinner cost me less than the monetary value because I got value in other ways. Home Depot, Target, anything. You're going to go to Target. You know, you're going to spend a hundred bucks at Target, <laughs> Go get a hundred dollar gift <laughs> card <from the> grocery <laughs> store. So you get the gas points. Now you've saved money in gas and the $100 that you spent at Target was really only $80 because you just saved in gas money and you got points for the next time you're going to fly somewhere. So we do that for everything. You're going to buy tickets for something. Can you get it from from the gift place? You know, like, so for, for us, we like gas points and credit card points. We are crazy people about it. Like we will sit down and actually like create a strategy of what are we going to spend? Like for even groceries, like I've literally gone and gotten a $400 gift card for the grocery store so that I get points for buying the gift card uh, for gas and I get points on my credit card and then I go grocery shopping at that same grocery store. <laughs> that is a beautiful tip. I love that. I like, don't do that. Literally. Like that's how crazy we are, but it works. We no, fly yes. everywhere free that's... because we just crazy points, good, good gas prices, good flying credit. Like you get to do more of what you want by doing the things you have to do every day anyway. I love that. That is a, such a great tip. Definitely going in there. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> and what would you say is the best money you've ever spent? Oh my gosh. The best. So, this is a total argument my husband would have because <laughs> I would say that like the money we've spent on 
vacations, like our honeymoon, going to Thailand, going to the like all the money we've spent to create experiences and memories that have expanded me as a person are the, is the best money I've ever spent. But I also feel like every year, like it ends up coming out of my mouth. I'll be like best money I've ever spent. And sometimes it's a thing. Like sometimes it's a like my cowboy boots best investment I've ever made. I've had them for like 20 years and <laughs> still look amazing and they fit like a glove, mm-hmm. like best money I've ever spent. So I, again, I think I always come back to where are the things that made me a better person? What are the things that made me, um, that will last and stand the test of time, you know, and, and what are the things that help to create a more dynamic life for me so that I can be more, give more, do more, um, those are the things I look back and go worth every single penny and more. Love it. Now, as far as managing uh, your personal finances, your husband's a banker. Um, obviously, you do great things with money. So how do you divvy up in the household how you manage it? Uh, is he the main one that takes care of the bills? How does that work? Is there some rituals that you do, some tools? What do you do like on a monthly basis? Sure. Well, actually, for my business, my husband and I meet every Tuesday morning. We get the kids to school earlier than than usual. And we sit down and we review my business finances and how it pertains to our personal finances and making sure that I'm able to pay my... And honestly, the reason we started doing that, that's pretty new for this year, um, is because I would, like I said, I would get, I would cry. Like my husband would be like, what did you spend this on? And why do you need to fly here? Do you really need to speak at this thing? Or like what he'd ask me those questions and I felt really defensive about it. And when you feel defensive about the money you're spending or the money you're making, then you need to change something. And what Mm -hmm. we found was I just felt like he didn't know my business enough. uh, So I felt attacked as opposed to his intentions were always good, Mm -hmm. but he wants to ask good questions and his good questions made me feel defensive. So we sit down every Tuesday and we say like, what are, are there any new expenses? Like he asked me, like, talk me through why you think this is valuable for your business and what you think the return will be. And it helps me talk through things. And sometimes at the end I go, God, you know what? I'm not sure this is a good idea. Maybe we shouldn't do this. What a great accountability partner. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And now when he offers up opinions about, about my business, I'm, I'm really much more open to them because we've, because I feel like he's in it. So from a business perspective, that's been huge from Mm -hmm. a, from a home perspective, he manages most of our finances, but we do a happy hour once a month where we go out and we just talk about like, what are we thinking for vacations? Like, are we, how are we doing from the money? Are we spending too much? Are we not, you know, do we have extra to play with? We have a Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. A joint account and then we have um, personal accounts and we each get the same amount of money in our personal accounts depending on what we're making and what we have extra. So back when we had no kids and we both, you know, were making good money in a corporate setting, we each got, I think, $400 a month just to do whatever we wanted with. So it was an $800 total, each 400 that we could just, no questions asked, just do whatever you want. And I think that's so important for any couple, <laughs> any yeah, couple to just, have, because you have, yeah, especially excited. nowadays, you know, where it's like, especially with women, they're more independent. It's good for both men and women just to have money where no one puts their feet in as to how they spend it with, right? So yeah. it's, I think it's, it's a great for any couple to have. Yeah, and then we just set standards. So from a joint perspective, like if he needs to buy new suits for work, 
that doesn't come out of his personal account. Like right. that's an actual necessity that helps him do his job. So I get that same thing that says I, we kind of have a certain allotment of like business related clothing. And then there, every time something is, we have a rule. If it's over a hundred dollars, you ask the person, the other person, unless it's like some surprise. And, and even, even for surprise things, we have a, a limit. Like, okay, if a holiday's coming up and someone's going to buy something, like we aren't allowed to get something over a hundred dollars for each other so that we just keep an even, an even space there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we always, if it's a hundred bucks or more, it, it has to be discussed with the other person. Love and it that. just keeps us in this space of honestly, like money to me is about communication. Like money becomes a, a like a like a difficult, vulnerable, raw, painful word when we don't talk about it. It's one of those things mm-hmm. that letting letting money money matters. Like me, letting money conversations pile up, and the lack of having money conversations pile up in any relationship just creates a hole that's harder to climb out of, and it's very emotional. Um, the talking about the little things that seem hard, but just having that conversation and expanding that communication around money. That's why I love podcasts like this, mm-hmm. right? It, I swear it makes life so much easier because money can be the most like exactly. painful thing to have a conversation about. And even when you're making money, it can be a hard conversation to have because we all have different perceptions about where it's valuable, what should we be, we be spending money on, um, what we should be doing it th- with it, what we should be doing with it for each other. Um, like what, like I would, I know friends that are like, yeah, I went out and bought some Jimmy Choo shoes or a Louis Vuitton purse. Uh, my husband would kill me mm. because his perception of that value. And he just happened to marry somebody who really doesn't see the value in that either. But if we were complete opposites of that, those would be really hard conversations to have. Like, no, I really do want a $3,000 pair of shoes. Uh, Let me explain, see if I can justify this to you, right? Right, right. And that's why, you know, as far as the money talk, that's why I do this podcast, because we definitely need to be talking more. And the more we talk, the more confident we become, the more confident we become, the more or the better decisions that we can make. Um, yeah. and mastering our money. And so I, I absolutely love, love that. Yeah. What would you say has been your best money memory? My best? Oh, well, the first time I hit six figures in a business was amazing. <laughs> like the first time I like brought a, ch- and it wasn't even my own, like my own business, but like to just like come home and be like, yeah. Like that was on my bucket list. Like I'm going to make six figures. I made six figures. And then I was like, I get to create something new in my bucket list. This that is, is, this that is, really is amazing. That is. Yeah. Awesome. I, I think money memories for me, because I'm an entrepreneur, deal a lot around like the money I make. But I mm-hmm. also, I also think that money memories for me are from a coaching perspective, I get to like have conversations with people and help them make good decisions. Like, like the first time I get a client that they're like, I had my first $10,000 month. And you're like that we're going to go have a virtual drinking celebration. It's going to be awesome. You know, <laughs> like, it. yeah, like I, I do think that like, I talk a lot about money being an outcome rather than a goal, but we celebrate the outcomes. Oh, absolutely. Right? <laughs> we got a cel- ah, celebrations. Those wins are key to celebrate for sure. Yeah. Who would you say influenced you the most? on money? Oh, my stepdad. Your for stepdad. sure. My stepdad is a, you know, he's a, he's a writer, but he's an entrepreneur. He's started several businesses. He used to work in stock markets like way, way, way back in the day. He's a very, very financially savvy person. And I, um, I think he, like I said, he just, he created a money mindset for me that didn't allow money to have the power. I honestly really do. I look out into the world and there's money everywhere. Right. And there's, 
Uh, and even though most of it isn't mine, <laughs> like <laughs> I recognize so that there's everywhere. Yeah. That there's always, there's always a way that we're exchanging. Like economy is about money exchange. And so, so I just don't look out into the world and see nothing and see sadness and despair and like poverty, which I don't mean like people in poverty. I mean, just like a lack of money. Like I right. see money everywhere. So the question doesn't become, oh my gosh, I have no money. How am I going to get money? Cause I've totally gone through those times. The question becomes, where am I going to go to get it? Like, where's, mm-hmm. I've got all of these options. I just have to weigh all of my options. And I'm trying to think of the guy. Oh my gosh, I'll have to tell you and you can maybe put him in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But he came and he spoke at Thrive and he's written tons of books. And he basically, he used the phrase because he talked about money in this way and I loved it. And he just used the phrase. He's like, who's got my money? Like, that's what he says. Wow. He's like, who's got my money? That's what he's like. I look out into this audience and I say, who's got my money? And it's just me taking the time to weigh my options to see which is the route that I want to go. And then I go that route because there's always a way to make money. There's always a way. Whether you're selling your stuff on eBay or you start an MLM or you start your own business or you do a vacation thing or you babysit or it doesn't matter. Like there's or you craft and sell things on Etsy like like money is there to be had and exchanged and bartered is if you're making something of value or doing something of value. So just someone imparting on me like my dad for me to see the world that way opens up so many possibilities. So I'm very grateful for that. Love that. And you definitely just in speaking with you, your energy, everything, definitely the mindset you have around money is fantastic. <laughs> so it's a wonder that you're doing amazing things and, and being successful. So it definitely, well, let, me, let me tell you too, though, it me it makes it so when I lose money, which mm-hmm. I've totally done before, like I'm not a whole like, like 100% success train over here, that it, it makes it makes it hurt less, like I bounce back quicker. So it's like, the mindset around money isn't just around it makes making money easier. It makes losing money easier. I love <laughs> from that. a mindset uh, perspective. <laughs> but yeah, no, but that that's good to do because sometimes we get so stuck in what we do wrong and we get s- literally stuck there <laughs> instead of coming out from what the mistake, whatever mistake, because we all that do it, right? We all make mistakes, fall on the ground, fall flat on our face. It's a matter of bouncing back up. And, and knowing how to bounce up instead of getting stuck and being on the floor the whole time. So, yeah. And how about a money book? Is there a favorite money book that you've read or something that really has inspired you uh, to be better whether with money or in the money, money mindset area? Oh, yes. I love Mary Beth Strojohan. Who's a yes. Her, what is the name of her book? Work, workable Wealth. Workable or, Wealth. Yes, it's, I'll yes. put it I in the show. I think I'm, I actually have a testimonial in that book because I was one of the first people to read it. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah, I love her. I love the book. So I love. I I just love that she's very practical and yes. uh, and and sort of lays it out. So I love that. But I will tell you, no matter what, no matter its relationships, finances, business, I will tell you the five love language is hands down the best book you can read for anything. And as it pertains to money, because you're going to read it and go, Dana, this has nothing mm-hmm. to do with money, but it does. It because does. when you understand how the people in your life that you care about feel valued, you understand how to start having conversations. So when I say, oh, well, but I want to spend money on this. And I know my husband's never, no matter how much I explain it, going to get why I value this. If I know his love language, I can understand how I can then maybe show him how we could do something else that's equivalent or uh, talk about how there might be a 
exchange or do something that uh, that makes him feel more comfortable by understanding how to talk to him and how to connect and how to treat him because of his love language. So to me, because money's such a vulnerable thing, understanding other people's love languages in your life helps you have conversations and money and communication are like mutually inclusive. So true. It is definitely a great book. Awesome. Well, Dana, Dan- see, I did it. That's Dana. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. I, I literally have to put an extra N in my phone so Siri pronounces it right. So you are in good company. And this has been fantastic. Uh, this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because. Her money matters because when you have money, you have resources and space to make the world a better place. Love it. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation and getting to know you better and sharing your energy because that's one of the fantastic things about you is the energy that you have in the in the community uh, that you have on Facebook. Those um, the ladies are in there are fantastic. So kudos to you for everything that you've accomplished. And I can't wait uh, to connect with you and see you in person at the retreat. Yay! Yes! I love it. Well, I'll give you a big, big, big bear hug. (laughs) Sounds good. I told you. Wasn't she fantastic? As I mentioned, I absolutely not only love her energy, but really what she stands for. She is really super uber supportive of of those in her community. And I really have a lot of respect for her. And there are actually more than one point that I want to talk about. There's several points that I want to dig further into. But before I do that, I wanted to quickly do my weekly shout out. And to this week, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Danielle. Danielle is a member of our community. uh, And she's actually a friend. So she doesn't know (laughs) I'm doing this. But she's recently she has a group of chiropractic moms or leads a community of chiropractic moms. And she has shared the our community with them as they also like everyone else also want to better their money situation. So I really appreciate you, Danielle, for for sharing the community and uh, with them, the Her Money Matters community. And for those of you chiropractic mama that, mamas that are in our community now, welcome. I am excited to have you. Now on to the points that I wanted to dig into further. In the episode, she definitely makes some really, really good points. That's why I wanted to not just highlight one, but multiple of them that I wanted to dig in further. Now the one that she mentioned was how her outlook on money was that money is was never the goal, but rather the outcome. And I want you to think about that for a moment, because you may be thinking, well, if I'm trying to get out of debt, if I'm trying to save more, if I'm trying to not spend as much money, those all revolve around money, right? So if the goal is surrounded that, you're like, how, are, how is that possible? It's the goal is the money. So I want you to shift your perspective instead of thinking, yes, you want to get out of debt, but what is the outcome of getting out of debt? Yes, you can look at the outcome getting out of debt as the outcome, but that's really money related. So shift your perspective of what is that outcome when you get out of debt? What does that look like? What will it do for you? Uh, yes, it's going to free up some money and take it further. What can you do with that extra money? What will you be doing? Are you going to be 
sharing it or donating it to your favorite charity or nonprofit organization, what are you going to be doing with that money? Are you going to be saving it for your trips? Are you going to be splurging some money, more money? What does that actually look like? So think in terms of that as far as outcomes, like what will it do for you? Not just the the sheer fact that you'll be out of debt. So take it a step further. So think about that in terms of when you're making those goals. Yes, I want to get out of debt or you want to have your emergency fund fully funded to where, where you want to get it to. But really what that's, what is the outcome of that? What does that do for you? And that's going to help you get more motivated. It's going to help you get more excited, which is going to help you be more consistent on your action. So I wanted to make sure that I highlight that. And the other super important point that she was mentioning was in regards to the book, The Five Love Languages, which if you haven't read, it's a really great read. It's a quick read, uh, definitely for you. And if you're married or in a relationship for both of you to read. And I really loved how she mentioned that the fact of learning how the other person likes to feel valued helps in talking money, which I completely agree on. Because if you've heard some of my other episodes or when you've heard me maybe doing a webinar or things of that sort, I talk about when you talk money with your spouse, and it's really hard, of course, it can be hard, but how you should not focus on, oh, we need to get out of debt or we don't have that money to do this or we need to uh, spend less, but instead getting to know each other on uh, a level where how you grew up around money. So that really helps really understand how the also how the person feels valid. And I love how she put it that way, because I always talk it in terms of get to know your spouse, get to know your partner on the level of how they grew up, how they grew up around money, what experiences, how they view money. Uh, and I like how she just really shares it as how they feel valid, because that helps, that will impact how you, your relationship with money, how you view money, how you grew up around money definitely makes an impact on how you like to feel valued. I thought that was a great point. So definitely think about that. Think about how you like to feel valued and does your partner, does your spouse know that? Do you know how they like to feel valued? So again, if you have not read that book, highly recommend it. It's a quick read, good read, easy read, fun read. So definitely do that. And the other point uh, she mentioned is you notice how bright her outlook is. So she talks about how she sees money everywhere. So definitely she doesn't have a scarcity mindset, but rather an abundant mindset. So when you're having a tough time with money, or even when you're not, just in a daily occurrence, always just be thinking, about how you're seeing money everywhere. How, what can you come up with? It can be, I'm seeing money everywhere. I'm just, you know, it's, I'm just, it's just a matter of where I'm going to find it, right? So think, if you continuously think in terms of that, that's going to help you shift and make your view and mindset around money, money a whole lot better. And you also, she also mentioned how there was a, she was at a conference and there was uh, a speaker that asked, was asking in who has got my money. And she didn't tell me who it was later, but I'm pretty sure if uh, I know who it is, 
because uh, I think I've heard him say this as well. And it's, if you're interested or were curious as to who that person was, uh, is a person by the name of Grant Cardone. So if you look him up, he's got a lot of knowledge. He's very high energy. He, it's either that it's that type of personality you love him or something really bothers you about him. So <laughs> it goes both ways, but regardless, there's a lot you can learn from him. So just in case, if you want to look him up, he's more sales. He has a company that does sales training for different companies and those type of things, but he's, he's definitely a phenomenal person. So I just wanted to make sure you knew that if you were curious as to who she was talking about. So. I'm pretty confident it was him. So that is it for this week. On next week's show and episode 109, my goodness, crazy, already 109, we are going to be talking to Melanie Lockhart and she's going to be sharing her journey on, on debt. So we've got another debt payoff story for you uh, that I know you will enjoy. So I want to thank Dana for joining us for just being so awesome and transparent sharing and sharing her story. You can check out uh, the show notes on where to find Dana, which is just boss and there's the dash mom. So it's not boss underscore mom, but boss dash mom.com. And more, well, I'll get you all the links in this episode's show notes, which is over at jennahempill.com forward slash 108. So that is it for me today. And thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk again next Thursday. And also just remember, if this episode made a difference for you, if you enjoy, really enjoyed this episode, which I hope you enjoy all the episodes, right? Uh, just be sure to share. Uh, share this episode with a friend, share it on social media, share it via email to another friend or coworker, whatever, whoever it is. Just always know that just the sheer fact that you are sharing uh, an episode, whether it's this one or another one, it can make a difference to that person. You don't necessarily know. We don't know what the other person is going through. So I would greatly appreciate that. So thanks again for being such a supporter for listening to this podcast. And I will chat again with you next Thursday. Thursday.